Hello and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with a bubbling, inevitable uprising of other pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doug. I'm Katie. And it's a book club episode. Hey. We read Adrian Tchaikovsky's Ogres, a novella about revolution featuring ogres and humans. And I really cannot say much more about it because spoilers <laughs> abound. <laughs> yes. Uh, but of course, before we get rapidly intellectual at an alarming rate, um, let's check in on what we've been playing, watching, and thinking about. So, Katie, yes, what have you been playing? Yes, I have been playing a game by the maker of Arcade Spirits uh, called Penny Larceny Gig Economy Supervillain. <laughs> I feel like we need to hear that one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll repeat it nice and slow. Penny Larceny. Uh-huh. Gig economy supervillain. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Wow. You could potentially, if you really think about it, yeah. make some guesses about what the game is. Yeah. I will just tell you, though, you play as Penny Larceny, <laughs> and you are in a gig economy working for supervillains. <laughs> So okay. <laughs> so how? What is this? Uh, yes. Is this yes, a? Yes, is yes. this a? Is this a resource management game? A simulation game? Like Great what question. kind of game is this? It's a visual novel. <laughs> as obvious as that all was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I probably could have guessed that because it's visual arcade novel. spirits. Yeah, arcade spirits. Mm, yeah, mm. there is a romance element to it if you're interested <laughs> in that, but you can also not <laughs> engage in that if you're not interested in it. Uh huh. Um and. It is a game where you are Penny Larceny. <laughs> and why, you are, is, why are they called that? <laughs> that's their name. They come from the Larceny family, the Larceny legacy. Wow. Uh, it's, I think it's pun. Like, it's punny. It's a yeah, game. Yeah. It's, a, it's a clever game. It's a funny game. <laughs> also, you know, a serious game that hits at yeah. issues and capitalism and all this kind of stuff. But... Um, it's also like a silly, you know, they love puns. Amazing. Um, yeah. So you are <laughs> Penny Larson. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are trying to kind of make it to a better spot in your life. So you're kind of super poor and squatting in an abandoned building. And you are trying to get onto this app called Crimer, C-R-I-M-R. <laughs> So you can get jobs to do theft for other people um, or maybe eventually for yourself. Uh, and so the game, it allows for kind of branching pathways uh, where you can kind of work with some of the same people or beings because mm-hmm. you can work with a computer and also oh. romance a computer. Awesome. Or have casual sex with a computer. Uh, <laughs> so you can work with different people or beings and uh, get multiple endings. And the way the things, the the game ends on your first playthrough, it's like, oh, but this other thing happened in this timeline. So mm. do you want to play again and see if you mm. can get a, a happier ending? And so eventually when you get all the standard endings, uh, there could be something cool that happens that lets you kind of mess with stuff a little bit. So it's a very clever game. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I really like what, you know, it's called Fiction Factory Games. I really like what they do. And I had a lot of fun playing yeah. it. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun. 
And I, 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 it is making sense the more I think about Like, you work for supervillains, so I guess it's not that weird that you would be from the Larceny legacy. Yeah. Um, just That's something about the name, name Penny Larceny really tickles me. <laughs> I mean, it's a good name. <laughs> and, like, when you Google Penny Larceny, because I was like, oh, what's mm-hmm. what happens after the, you know, hyphen? What is that again? Uh, I feel like there were other things that were coming up that was like, oh, is this some sort of crime pun? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like petty crime, right? It's yeah. like ti- the tiniest amount of money you can imagine stealing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> what what are what are you playing it on? I am playing it on Steam. So nice. it is uh so some of the other games like Arcade Spirits are on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Um but uh this is not. Gotcha. So relatively and- recent, I'm guessing then. Yes. When did it come out? I feel like it came out within the past year or two. Yeah, because New Challengers, I feel like, only came out a couple years ago, right? Yeah. So it's got to be got to be pretty new. That's awesome. That yeah. sounds like so much fun. I feel like that would be such a delight. It was. And like, you know, I'm all for games that are rooted in social justice and explicitly yeah. like being about that. So like it came out in 2023 in August. Damn. Uh, 2023. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, it's got, it's got a lot of good for me messages and stuff um, and makes it funny, (laughs) you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, how about you? What are you playing? I finally played Firewatch. (laughs) Whoa, Doug! (laughs) After I think both you and Vicky recommending it to me on several occasions. For years. I did finally play Firewatch. And the one thing both of you failed to mention Uh is that the protagonist is hot. So like all you had to do is be like, Henry's kind of like a bear dude in khaki shorts walking around in the woods. I don't know if I've ever seen Henry from Firewatch, which is maybe why I didn't tell you. You had to have seen him at least once at the very beginning of the game because you choose whether Henry's partner calls him like handsome or adorable or something like or like something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and based on what you choose, she draws a sketch of him and one of them is extremely risque. Um, and very funny so well damn but but yeah apologies i feel uh so offended (laughs) Um, but no i i I finally played firewatch i can i can now say i have played firewatch (laughs) so the whole thing i mean it's not a long game okay cool yeah i am so interested thoughts reactions aside from henry being hot (laughs) (laughs) um i liked it i enjoyed it i wasn't good at it which is a weird thing Mm. to say because there's not really much to be like good or bad at yeah um but firewatch for anybody who hasn't played it is a a game that really like the primary mechanic is navigating with a compass and a map yeah and you have everything you need to get where you need to go. You just have to pay attention to where you're going. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was bad at. Mm. And and because the whole point of the game is to walk through the forest uh, and navigate, there's no like undoing where you went without just going backwards and like yeah. trekking back the way you came. Um, so I probably, my playtime's probably longer than what it is intended to be because I got <laughs> lost so many times. Um, but I liked it a lot. I thought it was very yeah. cool. Yeah. There are definitely worse places to get lost in. 
Oh, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if you're going to have an environment to get lost in, the woods is, like, kind of the perfect place. Yeah. I mean, it is very... It, it's weird to call it a walking simulator, but, like, you know, it's got heavy elements of that. And yeah. the first place I think of uh, when I think of a walking simulator is usually a forest or yeah. some sort of wooded area. So, yeah, um, yeah I thought it was really cool. I, I feel like I just want to play more games like it like keep basically the same mechanics like i feel like you could basically take all the same mechanics and just tell different stories in different places using basically the same skeleton that firewatch has yeah um and i think that would be really satisfying yeah i'm wondering whether i should ask this on the podcast or ask you afterwards like spoiler question yes slight spoiler stuff uh firewatch spoilers ahead yeah, so skip a couple Jump ahead minutes. a little bit. Yeah. Um, in Firewatch, there was also like a mystery in yeah. it. And the mystery, I remember it being kind of scary and finding maybe like threatening notes or something um, around. Yeah, there's there's two sort of things you investigate. One is like... Uh, you investigate people watching you you find out that somebody's watching you and monitoring you uh, and monitoring your communications and that i thought was like pretty eerie and had like a a very weird atmosphere to it which i liked i thought that was really cool yeah they did. i kind of wish that i got more of that because like it kind of stays a little bit of a mystery like you you learn some things but you don't really learn everything um the other side of the mystery i think is really what they want you to get towards which is through investigating that you find out about these former watch members um and that's very sad um and i think the more like human element of of what story they're trying to tell but yeah the spooky monitoring stuff i really thought was gonna like go somewhere bonkers yeah yeah me too and like i'm trying to remember because it's been a couple years since i've played it there's the spooky monitoring thing and then like the final um like hour section is like the forest is like totally on fire and i'm like were those yeah. connected or not i can't totally remember yeah so um yes um there there are a couple fires over the course of the game one is sort of a standard like fire watch oops there's a fire one's like a controlled burn um, and then after you investigate the spooky place, it catches on fire and you mm. become worried that you're going to get blamed for setting the camp on fire when you did not. I think um, maybe I and then, built like, up it all more spreads. of a story well, that, it like all... somebody was trying to kill me <laughs> and set well, that on fire when I was investigating. It's possible. I mean, you go places you're not supposed to go. The yeah. fire ends up spreading like to your your little firewatch home and you the, the game ends with you evacuating because yeah. the forest is on fire. Yeah. So I, I don't think you're wrong to assume someone was trying to kill you. I think that is the vibe. Okay. Even if it wasn't explicit. <laughs> okay. You, know, you discover something you're not supposed to discover. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um somebody hits you over the head at one point. Like, yeah, there's there uh, the vibes are all there. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You're I poking totally around, remember. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm po- poking around where you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you played it and yeah. that you enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. Um, good stuff. Good Hell stuff. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, have you been watching anything lately? I haven't been watching a ton. I've been reading a lot more nice. and playing video games that require me to read a lot <laughs> more. But I did watch 
a movie that I thought was fine. And we kind of talked about it off the podcast before, but I'll just mention it here. The Mm -hmm. Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah. It was fine. Um, I, it looked, I I mean, we talked about it looked great. um, And the story was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Appreciated that Princess Peach wasn't a damsel in distress, but you made the great point that Luigi is the damsel in distress. And I just wanted Luigi by the end to just do something more brave than hold. I was like, like, I guess, spoiler. Spoilers wanted... for the Super Mario Brothers movie? There's, yeah. The problem is there's really nothing to spoil. Right. Like, really. I wanted you know? Luigi to get the star himself and yeah. save the day and Mario to not be always the cool brother. Sometimes yeah. when, like, a main character is too main character, I get annoyed by them. Sure. And Mario was a little too main character in the Mario yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Because, like, I don't know. The, the, the movie is called the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's not yeah. called mario you know what i mean and they they open the movie with the two brothers um and part of the thing that we were talking about with the damseling is like cool that peach isn't the damsel but you didn't do anything different you just put a different person in the exact same position yeah like you could have put peach there and nobody would have batted an eye outside of being like yeah of course they did that Mm -hmm. it's just that you did luigi instead and but they still kind of like, did no do brothers, the classic you know? Peach storyline. Bowser wants to marry you, kind of yeah, thing. Like, that's true. what if what if they wanted Bowser to marry uh, Luigi instead? I mean, I think know? those feelings were. I I feel like there was an undertone there. Let's really make it explicit. He might have learned that he did, in fact, find <laughs> the right one for him. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I it looks great. It moves. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like you're there for very long. Uh, but it's not not a particularly compelling movie. Yeah, and we didn't talk about this. Um, still spoiling, I guess. Um, the Mario movie. The star <laughs> was strange. Like the star with super uh, kind of existential uh, statements and like wishing oh, for death in, like, and stuff. Like that. I was stuff. like, this is such a big tone shift. Mm-hmm. And I know it's supposed to be funny, but like they're yeah. saying serious things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was very weird. That was a very weird insert for me. That seems to be like a, tr- it seems to be trendy. Have you seen um, any trailers for Kung Fu Panda 4? By no, any I chance? did not even know that was happening. It's happening. Um, it looks good. I like those movies, but um, in the trailers, there's like these adorable little rabbits that say like weird, unexpected, scary things. I feel like that's trendy, yeah. and I feel like the star kind of falls into that same category Definitely. of like an adorable thing saying stuff you wouldn't expect. So yeah, oh, I don't know, I don't know where who kicked that off, but I think it's probably a thing we can expect. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if that went away a little bit. <laughs> I don't mind it, except that in in the case of the Super Mario Brothers movie, it didn't. It does feel out of place, you mm-hmm. know. Like I think it can be funny. I just don't think it's a guaranteed funny. And I feel right. like sometimes people think just putting it there is what's funny. And it's like, oh, I mean, I guess could work for it a little harder. Yeah, and it like <laughs> it like happened a lot. I think too. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just like a one off line. It was yeah. like. They like ended the movie with it or something. You know, I was like, yeah. shit. You know what it is? The 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 whole rest of the Super Mario Brothers movie doesn't really have that humor. Yeah. And so it's like out of place within sort of like the the style of humor of the movie. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda, I bet it'll feel like it fits in because those are a bit more like irreverent movies. Yeah. I feel like the Super Mario Brothers movie was pretty sincere, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. 
strange. Yeah, it just felt weird in that one. I, I'm sure I've seen it in other movies now that you're saying that it's like a trend. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure I've laughed at like other things. I don't know. It felt weird in that instance. Well, if it um, takes you out, so. it's not doing its job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've been watching that. How about you? What are you watching? <laughs> uh, still going strong, watching more movies this year. Hell uh, yeah. Which is great. Um, I saw a whole bunch of movies this past weekend. Um, I ended up seeing Argyle. It was fine. Um, I watched The Holdovers, which is one of the Best Picture nominations with like Paul Giamatti. Um, It was really good. It's like a very earnest movie that reminds me kind of of like 70s, 80s, like kid in high school uh, learns things from adults around him who also are flawed and sort of yeah. like you know that that type of movie like an ordinary people graduate type movie yeah but the movie that i think was my favorite that i watched this weekend was mean girls <laughs> i i saw the mean girls musical i'm really glad i managed Hell to catch yeah. it in theaters because i was worried it wasn't going to stick around i don't know why that was a worry of mine um, but the marketing around these musicals is so bizarre that I wouldn't be surprised if it yeah. just kind of like came and went without people noticing. Um, but it's like a full on musical. It's not like a half musical. It's not a kind of musical. Like it's just a full on Mean Girls musical movie. And it was a lot of fun. And it's a lot. Hell not, yeah. I shouldn't say like a lot, but it is more explicitly a gay movie than the Mean Girls movie was oh. like the original was. Uh, they take some of the subtext and just like put it right there on screen so that it's yeah. no longer like the scraps and the crumbs that we used to, right. you know, be satisfied with. So um, Hell yeah. they make they make some updates to it just based on who's in the movie and those types of subtext being explicit text things. And um, and the fact that some original cast members are like like Tina Fey is in this one. They play with some of that stuff. So oh, cool. I think they did a good job remaking a movie that didn't necessarily need to be remade because it was a stage musical like i think they handled it well i had a really good time i thought it was a lot of fun hell yeah i've been wanting to see that so maybe i'll i'll do it before it leaves theaters yeah i'd go again it's a fun movie if you happen to see it around here let me know okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anything you've been thinking about or any other sort of pop culture bits and pieces yeah, this isn't as fun as the Mean Girls movie, and it's something that's been happening, I mean, since last year, but I mm. feel like this year it's only been like, when we're recording this, you know, start of February, there's been so many video game layoffs, and it feels oh weird gosh. to not mention it on here, and yeah. how much it sucks. It it sucks especially because, I mean, it sucks in general, right? Massive layoffs are uh, an unnatural thing, and an invention of you know, 40 years ago, it just wasn't a thing that existed prior to it as like a viable or like not morally scumtastic thing mm. to do with a company. So it sucks inherently, but it sucks, especially when there are companies like Nintendo who are like, we'll never lay anyone off. Yeah. And then you like, you look at their credits and the people who are producing on, and, and you can criticize this, like there's valid critique of this, but people who are producing on Tears of the Kingdom produced on like the original fucking legend of zelda like it's yeah it's it's well, incredible and so like reverent instead of you know irreverent like that these right. people are part of the life of these games and studios yes and like 
I'm sure Nintendo hasn't stayed stagnant. You know, there yeah. are new people who work on those games in addition totally. to the people who've been working on it for years. And the quote that um, was like being floated around or is still being floated around from Nintendo. If we reduce the number of employees for better short term financial results, employee morale will decrease. Right. I sincerely doubt employees who fear that they may be laid off will be able to develop software titles that can impress people around the world. Right. And it's fucking true. It's at <laughs> what point does the bubble sort of burst? That's probably not the right right metaphor, but like at a certain point, and I don't want this to happen because it, it, it means discouraging artists and creators and stuff like that, but like at what point do people just say, like, I'm not going to work for these companies anymore? Yeah. And then you just won't have people making games because like that's a great point from Nintendo. Like, why would you want your creatives or people constructing your games to be working in an environment of fear and constant anxiety over losing your job? Right. And like, it's it's wild too because companies don't love when you job search while you're employed with them. Yeah. But like, that's literally all someone in the games industry could be doing, I would imagine. Well, and I think it like job searching in the games industry is potentially tougher one because oh, I'm of how sure. many companies are laying stuff off but two if you work on a game that doesn't get published and put out there mm-hmm. you can't share the work that you did on it like you can't yeah. show examples of the character art you did for example for that game yeah. because it is not out in the public for that to be able to be consumed and it is you know for yeah. that company uh and so like it they get fucked over in so many different ways it's weird because I feel like there are people who are who are like, well, the game is finished and your job is done. You did your job. And it's like, what other company right. are you afraid Can to you lose imagine? your job when you finish, finish a project? Yeah. Like, Can you imagine? I, and we're not talking like, like contract work, right? Like, yes, contract work, like you finish at that site when you finish the job. But not, everybody doesn't just get like laid off Let, yep. <laughs> because yeah. the project is done. It's, it's such a wild way to operate. It's so scummy. I hate it. It always feels bad, and I and they should they should feel bad doing yeah. that. I yeah. hate it so much, especially it, because it means you're they make doing so it much wrong. money. Yeah, they make so much money yeah. that they do not have to do this. Yeah. And if they wanted to cut salary, maybe the folks at the top could instead take a pay cut and save some of the jobs for the people who like ten to twenty of their salaries make up a portion of what mm-hmm. their you know the top folks salaries actually are it's just yeah. like nintendo uh, i believe did that at some point where they like took cuts a year like the top people took cuts mm-hmm. in a particular year i think it was during the wii u like the wii u was kind of oh. failing and they weren't making the money they thought they would and i think the people at the top took pay cuts like makes which sense, is what makes they sense make the most money right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah it's just and i could i could be getting the details of that wrong don't at me but yeah. nintendo does things better in that regard there are plenty of things nintendo could 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 tweak for the better but that's one that they seem to be doing right or at least yeah. righter than the vast majority of yeah. other companies we're constantly hearing about yeah support indie studios yep <laughs> play indie games yep 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 <laughs> yeah so how about you you've been thinking about anything yeah, yeah, and and I can I can lighten things up a little bit. Hell yeah, here. lighten it up, Doug. Um, I got two things. One, this one's a little self indulgent because it's a glitter jaw thing. But I oh, yeah. don't know. 
if folks have had the chance to listen, I mean, a- as we record this, episode one of Lee Carvalho's Potting Challenge dropped, like the first actual game coverage oh, episode yes. of the Simpsons video game podcast that debuted on Glitterjaw a few weeks ago. Um, so as I record this, I don't know how, how many folks have had the chance to listen to it, but it's so good. And I'm not saying that because it's on Glitterjaw. I'm saying it because <laughs> I would listen to it if it weren't on Glitterjaw. Like, the first episode, they're talking about the arcade game. And so oh, they nice. they get into details about like arcade history and, and like oh. arcade cabinet game history and stuff Hell like yeah. that. And it's like so much more than I would have expected. And it was so interesting. Um, I was there because I'm going to support the show, but I was like sucked in because it was good stuff, like good yeah. video game history stuff. So I think if you if you're here for us because we talk about video games, Go check, check that one out because they're doing like cool video game history stuff on that one. Yeah, um, I'm I'm in the middle of listening to their episode zero. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And so I'm excited to work through that. I haven't yet gotten yet to the like the ranking. They were just talking about what they like yeah. in video games or what oh, they nice. like to play. And so I think I'm getting close to when they'll, yeah. you know, talk about all the Simpsons games. It's a fascinating project because Simpsons games aren't one type of game. So it's really yeah. funny. They're going to end up playing like, all these games across genres simply because they're Simpsons games. And it's going to be such a wild sort of like yeah, tumultuous journey that we just get to like be along and for and witness. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I like, wish them the best of luck. I, I think know. both of them have talked about it, but Derek especially uh, talked about how like, I think I might struggle with some of these because <laughs> I think they're going to be hard. And Tommy's like, I like Souls games. Oh my God, <laughs> so like, I Tommy know. Tommy might be a little bit more down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, the best of luck to you both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can feel some of that in the very first episode. It's just like a light, light, light teaser yeah, yeah, um, yeah. with the arcade game. But but that's I, I, <laughs> I have been thinking about it all day because that's like one of the first things I listened to this morning when I woke up. And I just have... Hell yeah. It was really good. And I... I, I have never cared about Simpsons video games. And now I find myself thinking like, do you think I could find these? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. I kind of want to try, you know? Yeah. Uh, So that's one thing. And then the other thing, um, I don't remember if I brought this up on the podcast or just to you at some point, Um, but the Queerty Awards are actively Mm. in the voting stage right now. And they still will be for about a week um, when our podcast episode drops. And the only reason I really bring it up is just because I spent, a ton of time last year making a comprehensive spreadsheet of all the Queerty Awards that were ever Amazing. given. And so I just now have this spreadsheet and I noticed that they were happening. I was like, oh, time to update my spreadsheet for the first time <laughs> in 365 days Hell with yeah. like the first in real time sort of update to the Queerty Awards. And it's it's interesting because they don't have, they just do whatever they want. And so yeah. there's kind of some standardized categories, but then like there's always some weird individual categories that just never Have happen fun again with it. Yeah. yeah there's a category this year that was only ever used once and it was in the very first time they did the awards and then they just never did it again and then they brought it back this year and it's what weird is it? it's best feud it was originally best celebrity feud which i'm like oh. we don't need to do this who, who yeah what small town queer group is going to be like can you fucking believe this feud let's put it on there <laughs> but here's what's wild okay here's here's the thing we'll hone in on this one and then if there's anything you're curious about uh i'll let you know but what's weird is they brought back the feud category but it's not feuds from this year it's like feuds oh. from the his like from decades like bet davis versus joan crawford is on what? this 
Yeah, why do why what are we doing? Elton John versus Madonna, Coco Montrese versus Alyssa Edwards. They're literally what? friends. Like it's 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 such a weird category to bring back and to bring back in a way that is like not current. Right. Naomi Campbell versus Tyra Banks. Like what? this is old news. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, it's such a weird I don't know why they brought this back for this particular year. It's it's bizarre. That um, is yeah. Really huh. weird. Really, and really not weird. just brought it back, but brought it back in that way with those feuds right. not being current. the ones to choose from. Right. It's not like this Spanning year many was years. just like celebrity feud, like extravaganza, so we must bring it back, you know? Right. Really and I mean, weird. <laughs> I feel like you could find yeah. enough with the inter- the existence of the internet, the existence of uh, like RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. and... Uh, I feel like you could find actual queer feuds that happened within the past Well, that's year. the other thing too, right? These aren't even all like queer feuds, if literally any of them. I guess Perez Hilton versus Neil Patrick Harris is queer. Elton John is queer. Coco Montreal. But they're not all queer. It's just like right. sort of like queer celebrity culture, I guess. Right. Um, in the general sense. Iconic. Um, yeah. yeah, in the like gay canon sort of sense. Right. But yeah, it's so bizarre. It's huh. weird too because like... Nikki and Megan is happening like oh, right yeah. now. Like uh-huh. wh- that, that would be relevant. Um, it's so strange, but whatever. I mean, it's all like silly stuff. So it's not, yeah. none of this stuff is serious. Right. Um, and I'm really curious. The, the category I'm most curious about is drag royalty. That's the one I'm cu- most curious about like every year. Cause it's always an interesting group of folks because drag has existed for so long. And then these awards like haven't, these awards have only existed for right. like 12 years. So it's weird and this category, I don't think, has existed for the full 12 years. So less than 12 years, they've been doing this drag royalty category that's voted on by the public. And it's strange because you'll have people like Sherry Vine and the Boulay brothers coming up against people like Jimbo. You know what I mean? Like, mm. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with Jimbo or that Jimbo isn't like an incredible drag artist or whatever. That's just to illustrate the point that there are these like local decades long right. community legends, yes, like uh, who've gone sort of global, like without sort of any sort of platform other than their own and like legendary yeah. influential ways, um, up against like very recent sort of it, it, it's a weird dynamic, right? Right, yeah, because <laughs> there's a part of me that's like drag royalty, it has to be Sherry Vine, Pablo Vitar, or Boulay Brothers because like. That makes a lot of sense. Legacy. But then it feels shitty to say that because right. these other artists are in the category too. Yeah, it's it's really strange. But that's yeah. always the category I'm most interested in. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, if 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 uh if voting on queer pop culture is your jam, the queer <laughs> awards are happening right now. Uh, and I am just, you know, I've I've committed myself to being invested every year because I made a big Google spreadsheet. You got it. that spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. Got to update it. Amazing. <laughs> <sighs> well, shall we talk ogres? Let's. Let's do let's, it. Let's, let's, let's. All right. So like I said, we read and are chatting about Adrian Tchaikovsky's 2022 novella, Ogres. Yes, Doug. Mm-hmm. You picked this. I did. Talk to me slash us about why. Yeah, um, it's been on my radar for a long time, and I think it's kind of been in my back pocket for a long time as something that I could deploy if we if we needed a book. 
and there were a couple things I really wanted to read this month that we were having a hard time getting our hands on because they were like much newer, yeah. uh, hipper sort of n- nothing against this book, but like I was trying to find stuff that was like 2024, which was yeah. really lofty, a lofty goal. Um, Dream so I was big. like, yeah. So I was like, well, Biggest I haven't read number. Ogres yet. And it's, it's something I've been wanting to read for a long time. It ended up on my radar because, um, I was specifically looking for like Hugo nominated novellas at one point. I was like, I just want like some novellas that I can read in between sort of like bigger reads, yeah, you know, palate cleansers, love to have those. And Ogres was one that I heard a lot about. Um, I don't think it won its year, but there was plenty of buzz about it. And Adrian Tchaikovsky's won plenty, uh, yeah. for stuff. So it really was just something that I'm reading because I heard a lot about it and it was, <laughs> it was, there was and buzz it was around it. Accessible. Yeah. And it was accessible and, it. and it was, it was relatively short. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you picked it. I'm excited to oh, talk good. about it with you. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried in the first like little bit of it. Cause like, I didn't really know that much about the book. Um, yeah. I just heard, you know, buzz about the yeah. book and it starts off in, in a, a particular way that I was like, oh no, is this going to be good? Is there stuff going to be stuff for us to talk about? And there is plenty for us to talk about. Yeah. Um, but is there, yeah. is there any sort of one sentence description or brief description that you have been thinking about to describe this book? Yeah. I mean, I think the like couple sent, you know, couple sentences, a couple words you said at this top really do do a good job of like setting the stage. I think mm-hmm. I would maybe say, cause you said, you know, revolution featuring ogres and humans. Mm-hmm. I think what I would say um, is maybe getting a little more specific about what that is. So like the book is about a, a world. The book is about society. Uh, the mm-hmm. book is about a world where humans are being treated in terrible ways by ogres and like systemically across the board being treated in terrible ways uh and maybe something changes maybe something (laughs) starts to give well so that's the thing is like even at the top saying revolution i was like am i already getting into spoiler territory here because it is such a short book it gets into things really really quickly and you start to ask questions pretty pretty early and so I don't know, honestly, that I would add much more to what we've already said if people don't want to know much going into this. Yeah. Because the moment we start talking in the spoiler territory, there will Spoiling be no more instantly. surprises left yeah. for any for anything in this book. And I do think it is a fun book to have unfold, not knowing yes. very much. Yeah, So agreed. if you like that sort of thing, uh, bow out now, read it. It's quick read, come back, let us know what you think. Yeah. And I will say, so we have been doing this thing where we say, hey, there's a little bit of this, a little mm-hmm. bit of that in this book. So if you're not into that, be aware. Yeah. Um, there is uh, violence, uh, oh, yeah. especially against humans. There is a human that at one point gets eaten and they kind of talk about the bones and stuff mm-hmm. uh, and kind of the feast that happens around it. Yeah. Um, there is... Kind of like implied, uh, I mean, there's sexism um, mm-hmm. and like kind of implied. I'm curious at one point with a character named Isadora, implied something weird kind of happens around that. She's an ogress and mm-hmm. something. I have assumptions yeah. that hap- something happened, but I don't, the way it's written, it's like, I don't know. So yeah, there's, there's stuff. nothing explicit with regards to things like like sexual assault or anything like that but if things are alluded to or like vibes yeah. exist or th- yes. characters wonder about things like 
uh, uh, assault, physically, sexually, things like that. Yeah. yeah. There's also like torture uh, a yep. little bit. Um, and so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a rough world that humans are living <laughs> yes. in and bad things happen to them. Just think like the bad things that would happen in a sort of medieval inspired fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Pretty absolutely. much all happens in here. Although probably yes. not expli- oh. as explicitly as a lot of other books. I really like adding the word medieval inspired uh-huh. into the description. Sure. I think that's really good to add. I think that's and a fun thing to add. And once we get into spoiler, I can't yeah. wait to talk about that more. Yeah. The vibes are medieval for sure. Uh, all right. So spoiler warning, official happening, spoilers beyond this point. There will be no surprises left for you the moment yes. we start talking about this book. Yes. All right. Dude, what this okay, I what when a trip. did you suspect something was up with with the world we were living in and the structure in society that that we were witnessing? Because there is something up about it, and yeah. they don't open the book with that. Yes. Um I was curious about things when it's we know it's called ogres so I'm like where mm-hmm. the fuck are these ogres what kind of ogres are we dealing with here right. and then we meet Torkel and Torkel is like six feet and strong yeah and then we meet an ogre who like towers above him but he's got like a human face it's just big right. and then later there's a and at comment, that point I was like well that's fine like yeah. it, you know f- fantasy All treats things are different. different ways like this yeah. is a world where like you know, whatever ogres are like bigger, like like in Attack on Titan, they're just like big humans without skin. Like it's not like they're different. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Then we meet Theo. Uh huh. And yeah, what's Theo's deal? Theo has Theo tusks. Got, got surgery because I listened to that part again. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did to get the tusks in. Okay. To scare humans. Okay. And so I was like, that's weird. And then we get to the more urban area yeah. through a train. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? This is, this is the, the way you are talking to me <laughs> is medieval. Why yeah. the fuck is there a train and flying machines? Do you mean helicopters? <laughs> right. It's wild because they're yeah. dropping these little clues and... And the protagonist becoming educated over the course of the book is a part of how the book is written. So early on, things that we have words for in the modern world, the protagonist doesn't have words for at the beginning of the book. So cars that exist in this world are just called carriages. God, did you know I didn't realize that those were cars until you just said that now? I was like, it's oh, carriages. <laughs> because they only say the word car maybe like twice, and it's like uh, way at the end of the book. Like Damn. So my I I I suspected pretty early because there was one point where they were talking about carriages. The carriages really stuck with me for some reason. Yeah, great job. Um because you knew they he, were cars deep down. I wasn't 100% sure they were cars, and I wasn't 100% sure that it was like modern world, or I guess mm. in this case, post-apocalyptic modern world, right? Yeah. That's not an accurate description. There was not an apocalypse. It's more like- Future post- state post-genocide. Yeah, genocide. Yeah. And uh, the thing that really struck me was Torkel was talking about magic and how only ogres understood magic. 
Yes. Described a couple things and then talked about how the ogres don't even need horses to pull their carriages. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean? Is this steampunk? Is this fantasy? Is it magic? Is this... Like what are what is what's pulling their carriages yeah. if not horses? I didn't immediately think they were cars, right. but I thought maybe we were setting up some sort of like weird steampunkish or you know uh, something like that type of, right. of world where it's like an al- alternate sort of progression of technology, but the technology exists more than we realize. Yes. But I didn't know how it all fit together, and I don't know when I started to suspect that ogres. We're humans. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a point. I know that there was a point where I was like, are ogres just humans? Yeah. Well, I, I, I was, I was like, okay. When they were talking description, getting the tusks put out, I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And I also don't remember. I mean, this is me showing my bias. I always assume ogres have like green skin, you know. That's, when I think ogre, it's 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 not your bias; it's the Shrek bias. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek's my first the most ogre. Famous you know? ogre that we grew up with was green. You know, <laughs> I guess that is a bias. <laughs> yeah. So Shrek, you know, ruined me, and so I was like. I don't remember hearing anything about them being green. Yeah. They've got human faces, but they're big. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to the point where Torquel was reading and trying to, um, what they call it, the brink, to figure out what happened with oh, the brink. Yeah. Um, how did humans get this way? How did ogres get this way? And then the ogres were just not being talked about at all. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is actually happening? Yeah. And then it wasn't towards later that I was like, oh, the quote unquote ogres genetically modified humans in a certain way, but they modified yeah. them in multiple ways. So they, mm-hmm. right? They modified some to take out their like aggression, to make them weaker, to make them vegetarians, which was like such a funny that thing. Was, that was <laughs> one of my clues, to be totally honest. And I can, I can talk more about it. But yeah, they modified them in like weird ways. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to initially assume... If you start to catch on that ogres and humans aren't actually different species, yeah, I think you're meant to assume that something happened to the ogres because the story is being told from a human's perspective. So you assume that they are like a human as we know it and that ogres are something yeah. drastically different when in fact it's kind of the other way around. Yeah, well, two things. One, I want to go back to and I'm going to try to remember the point that you made about the, the story being told. Yeah. Um. And how it's told. The other thing was like, okay, ogres are like, some ogres are like 10 feet tall. So they yeah. must have also genetically modified themselves to be bigger, stronger, yeah. whatever, right? I think they do probably mention at some point that like, it's it's only a couple genes that it takes to really drastically change someone's yeah. height and size. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at first, because then I was like, did they make... <laughs> did they make the like humans in servitude just super tiny? Are there like, you know miniature humans around but then i was like no no they're like i think five feet six feet you know like maybe there are some smaller humans like i there think are they literally made humans but... on average smaller like they literally talk about them taking up less space and using fewer resources yeah i thought that meant because they killed so many i mean they did um and as a shorty <laughs> myself i was like five feet's not small <laughs> yeah i mean I, yeah i guess it just depends on like I don't, I don't i guess i don't know what their average height was yeah well, yeah give us the average height of Please. these non-ogre yeah. humans, please. Yeah. 
but they do imply that like they have genetically modified them to be smaller in the general sense right so yes. if not literally like height whatever size whatever like they are weaker they meeker they're meeker they can't like ingest as much new like as many varied nutrients like yeah, yeah. meat makes them have a rash yeah which was why they genetically modify a meat allergy <laughs> into humans yeah i so like that truly as it was being revealed um it made me so much more excited about the book and to talk mm-hmm. about the book because I was like, this is fucking, I mean, it's not cool, but this is cool. Like yeah. th- what a cool concept and the way yeah. that it's written with that medieval flair um, totally tricked me. I was mm-hmm. not expecting, and especially they're like, there's, it's this small, poor village and there's, um, you know, bandits in the woods or outlaws in the woods like robin hood literally named robin and right. yes he does wear a hood like <laughs> so i was like yeah okay we're like medieval robin hood times and it's like no we're not we're future state <laughs> right it's the future but i think one of the things that the reason that it works so well is because even though it's the future they've the ogres have established a feudal system a medieval yes. feudal system yeah so society is is medieval medieval in the feudal yeah. sense right and in, in a sort of caste sense but like not not quite as complex right um and so that if they just relied and, and the author did this relied heavily on that dynamic to tell the story why would you think that anything right. was in the future so clever until you learn about the brink and then you're like wait a second you yeah. know we're um, in the brink right now <laughs> yeah i mean it's i feel like you know, this is a book that came out in 2022. I feel like uh, lots of sense. books that come out in the wake of lockdown and, and the height of pandemic, uh, I think, take Informed on an interesting context. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. But um, yeah. I want to go back to mm-hmm. how it's written. Yes. Because it is written in the second person. You, yes. you, you. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because I recently read a book that was also written in the second person. Oh, wow. And it turns out it was a char- another book. It was a character talking to that character. And I was like, okay. what is happening here? Who is talking to this person? Yeah. Um, or is it is it like just some omnipotent presence? Mm-hmm. And at the end, honestly, it might have been the last couple paragraphs with the reveal Mm-hmm. of who was telling the story it's it's like two pages i think totally yeah. like it's really a short amount of time i fucking loved it minith unexpected makes sense yeah with what happens at the end but i was like damn minith like you got me i have mixed feelings because in some ways i love it and in some ways i loved it before the reveal more mm-hmm. because in the world and the story that's being told and the complex sort of like pieces and parts and plot and plan that you learn Minith has been constructing forever, I'm yeah. like, fuck, yeah. That genius. fucking rules. What a player. And it's genius. Exactly. Three deep chess. Right. And it's cool because of who her character is and who you are introduced to her character uh, as and like all this sort of stuff it's it rules that she is the character at the end so like for the story being told fully inside the universe i fucking love it 
The meta of it, though, I kept mm. wondering as I was reading the book, why is this in second person? I feel like it's yeah. so hard not to think that when you're reading something in second it's person because it's so rare. Yeah. Um, I never think that in first. I never think that in third. But in second, I'm always wondering why you do it. And and pretty close to the end of the book, especially as it gets into the revolution and into the revolt, I started wondering why is it in second person and why is this a novella? Like this world is so, mm. so big and there's so many characters that I would love to know more about and so many dynamics that I would love to dig really deeply into. And there are moments that go by in a flash that easily could have easily could have been really compelling bits of the story yeah. if they were told in a longer form. And so together I was sort of like, I guess I kind of understand why this might be in second person and short because it's it's almost reading like a call to arms at a certain point when you get, or call to action, um, at a certain point in the book when you realize like, oh, the revolution's really happening and they're speak like the book is like speaking to you, like mm. you do this you do that. This happens to you. And it ends up being this sort of like weird headspace where you are being addressed in the context of this sort of like uh revolution where you are the hero because you took action and you did something and you like, I was like, is that, is that why we're doing this? And I kind of got sold on the idea of that because it, it, it almost, almost, almost works perfectly for any given reader. And I say almost because we do learn a little too much about Torquel for it to literally be any reader. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so close to doing that. And I think I would love the, I would love this book so much more even than I like it now. If it remained second person and remained sort of a novella and had that sort of call to action, call to, to arms sort of vibe to it. And we never learned anything specific about Torquel because it was in second person. So you didn't know that Tor you didn't know anything about Torquel's gender. You didn't know anything about Torquel's appearance. You didn't know anything about those things, which I do think he could have pulled off in this book mm-hmm. based on what you go through. Then he could have pulled off this whole novel where like you are like in a video game. Yeah. Like the analogous character. And I, yeah, which would be cool. It just would have been, I would have been impressed, I think is is the way to put it. Like, yeah. I, I think I would have been like, holy fuck. Like, that's really kind of clever and creative. It's not what he was trying to do. So I can't give him that credit. Right. Um, well, and and I, I think I prefer, honestly, the in-universe sort of ending if it's not going to be that. But as I was reading it, I was like, holy fuck. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't ever go down that path because mm-hmm. I was always like, this is being addressed to Torquel. Sure. Every time it's you, it's about Torquel and yeah. what Torquel is doing. And I understand the like inserting yourself in a character type of thing, especially you mentioned video games. That's what we're asked to do all the time. Totally. And in books too, right? You empathize with the main character. You kind of take it on. You see parts of yourself in that main character. I really liked what they did in this book, particularly because of who Torquel is. Sure. This golden child who's going to lead the revolution big, strong, someone we can look up to who's kind of roguish, you know, charming and who for the vast majority of the book is like kicking ass, right? Yeah. And realizing the injustice, maybe he's not kicking ass, but he's metaphorically kicking ass, right? He's building up to be this revolutionary hero. And then as soon as he is given the option to have a little bit of power, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'll take it. 
Yeah, and no. then Minith is like, I want to poison you. So I I like love that it was specifically you, specifically. I kind of read this book after reading that last part as Minith, as she is poisoning Torkel's drink, uh-huh. reciting this shit. Like you could have been so much more. You did this, you did that, you inspired these people, you fought against this, and then you fucked it up. And so yeah. I was like really into that. Don't get me wrong. Also very into it. Like like I said, <laughs> full in universe, love how the story yeah, played yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think it I think it rules. And and I I don't mean from the meta standpoint to say it could be anybody like literally like uh-huh. because some of those physical descriptors and social status and things like that do matter to the story and how it plays yeah. out. Um but I think they're all the kinds of things you could relate to or in some way sort of imprint on to some extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, the call to arms aspect, right? I understand right. totally what you're meaning. Like when you have an opportunity, when yeah. you have this part, when you have, like, if you have a position to do, if you have an opportunity to do, um, or when you don't and you still do something or or what it yeah. feels like to do something versus not doing something and being directly addressed about that, yeah. I just think is cool. But the actual yeah. story, like I said, don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I love the story as it played out. Yeah, I'm almost going to go down a tangents talking about what it would be like to read a book like that because i think once i've read a book or started reading a book where the character was like Mm ill-defined type of thing and i was like this is kind of annoying (laughs) so yeah uh yeah i don't know uh, maybe i'm not articulating it too well i don't think torkel needed to be changed i just Mm -hmm. think it everything could have worked if you didn't know torkel's gender and they didn't give any sort of like and I guess they didn't with regards to like no one in this book has any defined race or like yeah. hair color or texture or like like no real like Isadora markers of has uh, black hair. That's all I know. Which is probably Anything. one of the safest yeah. sort of like hair colors, <laughs> yeah. just colors to yeah. sort of put onto a character that that is uh, like racially undefined. Yeah. Um, so I think I think with. Almost no changes. I like that still would have worked. And I'm not even saying like the book should should be literally that you are the protagonist. Yeah. I just think it would have been an interesting experiment to basically have this character um yeah. that you can really sort of easily be like, holy fuck, like yeah. this literally could just be anybody reading this, um, while yeah. still having a specific place inside the book. I'm not yeah. looking for a choose your own adventure here. That's literally I'm truly not saying that. Yeah. But uh, it just like hit me at a point simply because it's written in second person. And I think it's Mm -hmm. such a weird choice to do that um, unless you do what this book does, which is have it be somebody talking to somebody else. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really liked and it was kind of funny in retrospect with the second person revealing its Minith telling the story at the end Mm -hmm. is when uh, you mentioned how we meet Minith, how we kind of get introduced to her. It's through Minith talking about how Torkel perceives her Mm -hmm. and Torkel perceives her as like a rude person who just wants like quote unquote the master's attention. Mm -hmm. And Minith is actually not about that. She's like, it's so funny because he's saying you're part of the system. You just want to like be, as top as you can within this system and close to Isadora. But actually Minith is like, I was hoping you would totally uproot all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, yeah. just like the wild and like, what could it have been like if Minith, I mean, she was like the 
behind the scenes curtain puller, right? I gave you the books. I did the stuff yeah. to get you on this path. I just want Minith <laughs> to kind of like now be the revolution uh, leader or whatever. I, f- I still don't think she is. I don't think she's interested in it. I think, I think, I, I love at the end where she's like, if you couldn't, if you didn't say no, I can at least take advantage of you saying yes and right. dying and make something of that as like a sort of like symbol, you're a martyr to the right? cause, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel I mean, like she she's... is, but behind the scenes, she is kind of like leading the revolution from, but it's from behind the scenes. No one will know that it's yeah. her who's doing this stuff. Yeah. Okay. So maybe clarifying, like I don't. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I want her to be the leader of it. That's the fucking cool part. But like, I don't think she's going to be the face of the revolution, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. I don't think she's interested in that part. I think she's going to continue to be behind the scenes. I don't think it's like, well, you said yes and I had to kill you. So now I'm going to step into the spot you were, right. you were occupying. Yeah. yeah. It would be so interesting to have a second book <laughs> of like what happens after. Yeah. Cause I am interested cause yeah. they're in the midst of it of like the revolution mm-hmm. um i think there are so many things about this that would be interesting in a second book or in a parallel book or in an earlier ooh, book like i think book, there's so yeah. many things because there's a couple characters in here that we barely meet but i would love to know more about surge and Pato particularly uh are like these characters that are so briefly in this book they're characters that we meet right after like uh like torquel decides to to officially start a revolution like leaves leaves uh isadora's Mm. place and all that sort of stuff and they're down for the cause and they're maybe a gay couple i think is what we're supposed to understand and they're some of the first people to sort of be like yeah we're down and i'm like why i want to know more about you i want to know what your life is they they explicitly say that you had a hard life probably because of the relationship you were in. Yeah. I would love to know more. How does that yeah. fit into this like weird future feudal system? And how did we get there? You know? Yeah. Um, so I, like even, even the tiniest little characters, I feel like I would love to see a full flesh yeah. story for. Yeah. That would be really cool. Or like even like different areas. So some of the like, yeah, uh, I don't even know cities or the company I- cities. Yeah, like what is life like there? I mean, we get mm-hmm. a glimpse of it. Or the the humans who are essentially like war toys. Uh, oh you know, my like, God. That was so us, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, oh, there was so much fucked up. If you like actually stop and think, like were, there was so much fucked up stuff in this yeah. book. Um, kind of right from the start. Yeah. But like you're just reading and going. And so you don't think well, about it. Well, it's one kind damn. of fucked up and then you learn it's actually an entirely different... <laughs> Maybe more fucked up, fucked up. Yeah. Because, like, you learn that, like, yeah, they they did this weird genetic, this horrible, like, genetic altering thing to, like, make humans more efficient or economical and then literally oh, yeah, call them economics. Wild. But then also are like, oops, there's still too many. Just making them use fewer resources doesn't make less of them. So let's just kill a bunch of them. It doesn't end there. They then like treat them like pets. They then treat them like toys. The war thing that you are mentioning, it's literally a game for them. Yep. It's like a board game for they're uh-huh. fucking playing Stratego with real people. Yeah. It's so gross and weird and I hate it. But I yeah. would also love to know more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like 
with fucked upness. So like one of the things that was interesting was like they were like when we started to introduce the genetic modifications to make these humans less aggressive, uh, eat less meat, take up less space, X, Y, Z type of thing. We first started with the people who volunteered. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, whoops, that's not enough. So then we did it all. And then what you yeah. mentioned, whoops, that's still not enough. Let's kill a bunch of people. Yeah. And like the the kind of lesson, there's so many like good messages or lessons people can take from this book that absolutely relate to like our history. Mm-hmm. So the lesson when Torkel is like reading through these histories and is like slowly starting to realize that what's written is important, but what's not written is potentially more important. Mm -hmm. And so how come it's not actually, like the death that happened, I don't think was written, like the mass murder um, after trying to you know, gen- use genetic modification was not written. And the way that they wrote about forcing folks to take on the genetic modification was like, well, it was for like, for their own good, it's for the good of the world, you know, Mm -hmm. like using this justification. And then, the ogres, right, were not written about at all, not mentioned. And yeah. so it's just like, what a good lesson. What's written in your textbooks, but also what's not written in your textbooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. There's also a, a moment where, like, the revelation about something more being missing comes from a work of fiction, which I think mm. is, like, not a mm. surprise for a fiction writer to include in there, but mm-hmm. it, it it plays into that whole thing, right? Like, there's the official history, there's the history that isn't written, and then there's, like, the truth told through storytelling Creative. that yeah. isn't necessarily literal but teaches a truth. And, like, yeah. with all of it together, you kind of have the fullest understanding or at least the tools you need to, like, yeah. move forward critically. That's a great um, point. Which I think is is really cool. Yeah. Isadora, I think, yeah. is maybe the most interesting character to me in this book over the course of the whole book. Because I yeah. feel like Isadora represents something that is so real. And I think depending on who the reader is and who the book is literal is is not literally, but is saying like you, you, you two, right? Like they're going to take different things away from Isadora. And mm-hmm. the hope is that people who could find themselves in Isadora's in position, Isadora position. Yeah. are recognizing that they are or could be, right? Because the thing that sticks with me about Isadora is that she, I don't know if they use this exact wording, but as far as ogres go, she is viewed as one of the good ones, right? So she's uh-huh. part of the oppressive class or the oppressing class. Um, she is part of the 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 privileged class that gets to make all the rules and benefits from all the the shit mm-hmm. that happened after the brink. But she's like nice and she like takes care of, you know, humans and she spared our protagonist's life and all this sort of stuff. But then like you get little glimpses along the way, you get bigger pictures along the way where it's like Oh, but like weird experiments seem to happen in her, in her place. Yeah. Like in her, whatever it's called, the Hypatian, right? Like you uh-huh. have the guy that, that uh, Torkel fights that is an experiment, basically. What would happen if I replaced this guy's arm with a robot arm? Metal, yeah. Right. And then they make them fight. And then by the end of the book, you get the more sort of explicit, like, yeah, but you're not going to win this fight. It's not worth it. Right. Like, it, 
it's just become one of the good ones yeah. right because it really sort of demonstrates what hap- like happens in the real world which is like she's an ally until like her position is threatened by the people yeah. that she's attempting to be an ally to yep. um, or attempting to help and it all ends up being a sort of like false charity is even a strong word but like false help false allyship false charity false whatever like none of what she's doing is actually altruistic really she just has the room and privilege to play with these people um and i think that applies extremely to the real world (laughs) yeah yeah because she's not as horrible as the other ogres right but she's still owning people having Mm -hmm. them fight right having them still kind of in subservient roles not working with them to break down society yeah it's like she's better because she doesn't like commit violence against them directly right (laughs) like oh okay yeah yeah i think i think it was minith at the end that said something along those same lines of like Mm -hmm. to torkel like you could have been the hero but you said yes mm-hmm. it was like because you'd be better at owning people oh no i have exactly i oh hell yeah i read have it, the Doug. quote read it she says but when you're property it doesn't matter if your owner treats you well or badly the ownership is all we don't split hairs about who is a better slave master and you would have been the best owner of all and that still isn't enough reason to keep you alive once you've decided that owning people is fine just so long as it's you that owns them Ugh, I got fucking chills. Yes. Oh, and that's, that's, I guess that's the point I'm making where I, I love that it's written in second person because there's no way to read that without it being, it's not directed at you, but the way it's written is directed right. kind of at you, right. you know? And so it makes those things feel like an extra bit more powerful because you're yeah. like, Ooh, am I, am I being called out? I guess I should think right. about this. What am know? I doing? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. There were a couple of things I felt really really uh compelled to sort of grab directly from the book there's a point where like before Torkel starts to gain power and starts to sort of view himself as like a military leader essentially yeah. in the same way that these ogres are playing games with people and strate- like strategizing with people there's a moment where he's just sort of recognizing the situation that the ogres built. Um, And the way it reads is the ogres have set up their pressure cooker cities so that it's work or die. And you come to them and say, what if neither? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And I love that. Like that's, that's, that's the world we're living in right now. I choose neither, please. Exactly. Please choose neither. Did you see that video online of that? It's like this guy with like a, a ponytail and glasses and somebody at his college is doing like an experiment or something for some sort of class where he's like, would you rather have like equal rights for queer people or some, I don't remember what the two things are, but it's like yeah. two social justice things. And the guy answering the question is just like both. And he was like, <laughs> well, no, 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 you can't pick both. And he's like, no, I pick both. Like It's, just, it's like this, right? It's like the same yeah. thing. It was like, what if uh, I don't play into your game? Like what if the yeah. game isn't true, you know? Yeah. Um, it's great. And then there's a moment uh, even earlier than that where, it's sort of ruminating on like the bubbling up inevitable sort of revolt mm. of it all. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was really interesting. It's, 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 it's where he convinces people to take over, uh, Sir Peter's like home. State. Yeah. yeah. It reads, and sometimes you don't need a full on fury to get violent. The villages are full of slapped children and beaten wives and men with missing teeth and black eyes. After all, sometimes the screw of frustration can be turned enough that it compensates for the dampened serotonin and testosterone. Like just this idea that like 
just because you didn't do the worst thing to somebody doesn't mean like you're not gonna face consequences for it, right? Like revolutions are built by like tiny actions all together. It's the whole bug's life seed scene where, you know. There's more of us. Exactly, exactly. There's so much good shit in this book. Yeah. Well, um, and like. It's so applicable and so Especially when people try to take away the anger Mm -hmm. of folks and say, or say your anger doesn't count. Yeah. Well, what about frustration? Does that count? I think it counts, (laughs) you know? Uh, Yeah. All those things add up. It all counts. And when you realize everybody has all those things that count, it's like, well, fuck. (laughs) Why why aren't we doing something? Yeah. Um, Because we could, you know? Yeah. It's great. It's good, 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 good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Are there any other characters? This book doesn't actually have like too, too many characters. But are there any that we haven't really talked about that are kind of worth digging into? Minith is one of the bigger ones. Isidore is one of the bigger ones we talked about. I don't know that there's much. We've mentioned Sir Peter. I don't know that there's much to say there. It's just sort of like the feudal lord. Um, And it's part of like the inciting inciting incident. Um, But I think that's that's kind of the main main folks. He eats fucking uh, Torkel's dad. Fuck. That That is a horrifying scene. Yes. When I read that, I was like, what the fuck's going to happen in the rest of this book? Because this is wild. Yeah, that might be one of the most like horrifying things we've read, maybe, for the podcast. I can't think of anything that quite gave me the same... Like, we've read some gross, violent stuff, but I don't know that anything's given me that same Sucking on the marrow, feeling, you, know? you know? It's yeah. very, like, sweet. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's like it gives me the same feelings that, like, a Sweeney Todd or, like, that gross episode of South Park mm. have where it's, like you realize they're eating people or like the Soylent yeah. Green thing. Soylent Green yeah. is people. It's just a gross, yeah. gross thing, no, especially with the context that like, they're not ogres. They're just people. Because right. yep. I remember, I remember when that was happening, thinking like, how am I going to explain that this book might have cannibalism in it, but not literal cannibalism, <laughs> but like the spirit of cannibalism. And like, no, it's just cannibalism. It's literal cannibalism. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think we hit all the big things for me. Yeah. Anything for you? I don't think so. I, uh, I we we touched on it briefly, but I really do appreciate the sort of subtle language change and writing change mm. over the course of the book as the protagonist like learns more vocabulary about the world around them and learns bigger concepts and ideas and has more context. Uh, yeah. How how the protagonist like talks about things and what he calls things changes, and I just think that's such a subtle, incredible thing to do. Yeah. We read some book where like I think either punctuation or capitalization or something changed over the course of the book and I remember being like that's so subtle and powerful. I feel like yeah. this book has the same thing going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was one thing we don't have to talk super long about it, but especially in the beginning of the book, the use of like religion and pastors to oh, reinforce yeah. the like feudal system and mm-hmm. uh oppression um again, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> So real. And another thing that contributed to tricking me into thinking it was medieval. You know what's particularly hilarious about how well this book tricks you into interpreting the environment? The book literally has a helicopter on the cover, and I just forgot. Oh. Yeah. I just totally forgot because I was like, oh, this is like a weird sort of like post some catastrophe situation and everything's so futile. Yeah. There's definitely a helicopter... With spotlights going. Huh. Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Thumbs up from me. Yeah. Thumbs up for you. Cool. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you read Ogres by uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky and want to let us know if you give it a thumbs up, um, reach out to us through email at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or through Twitter at novelgamingpod. And if you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and be sure to check out the Glitterjaw Podcast Collective for other cool queer podcasts. Uh, we'd all be super grateful for it. And we will be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Woo! See you then. Bye. Bye.